Hello, my name is Becca Stackhouse Morrison, and I am ready for you to tune in each episode to hear ways to become you. Looking at ways you can be your authentic and intentional self, you'll finish each episode motivated to live life more authentically. I learned how to be truly me through relationships, chronic disease, finances, and taking each journey along the way. Talk about the real aspects of life? Of course. Relationships, finance, nutrition, hardships, exercise are all topics that we will discuss. Pull up a seat, drive safely down the road, or get into that workout groove to be challenged, motivated, and encouraged to be you. This is the Stacked Intent Podcast. Welcome to Stacked Intent, where we discuss and drop the tips on how you're going to intentionally stack your life. So I am Becca, the owner of Stacked Intent, and today we will be talking about holiday spending by being money smart. So we're going to talk with our guest, Lindsay, and I'm going to let her introduce herself and her business. And let's get started, Lindsay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Becca. Hi, my name is Lindsay Sharaka. I am a YNAB certified budget coach, which if you don't know what YNAB is, it stands for You Need a Budget. And I'm also a certified money coach, as well as the founder of my business called The Exuberant Elephant. And I'm passionate about helping my clients become to create a more positive relationship with their money so that they can use it as a tool to build their businesses, live their greatest lives, and create positive change in the world. So, you know, I believe that money should be a tool to help you achieve your biggest, wildest dreams rather than an obstacle. So that's what my mission with the Exuberant Elephant is, is to provide tools and resources so that you can take control of your own money. Which is so important. And so today, if you've tuned in when this particular episode has dropped, we have started November, which typically means for most people's worlds, they've started their holiday shopping or holiday hustle and bustle. So we've got three objectives that we're going to kind of cover today as we talk about kind of making your holiday a money smart holiday so you're not having to come back to it in January of feeling like it drained you. So our first objective is going to be, we're going to talk about empowering yourself to really create a budget-friendly holiday. We're going to also talk about some practical tips and strategies for that holiday shopping and gift giving, and then encourage you on maybe an experience over lots of material spending. So let's start with that first topic. So it's your holiday travels. How can we even be holiday smart with our holidays and money on our travels? Great question. So it's really about pre-planning some things, taking some time to proactively sit down before all the chaos starts and, you know, determine what is your budget for travel this year? How much are you comfortable spending on travel? You know, it might be different than last year and that's okay. So deciding what a comfortable number for you is the first place to start. How do you come up with a comfortable number? Well, it certainly helps if you know your numbers. So if you listen back a month to our previous episode on how to get started, you know, it's all about knowing your numbers. 
knowing how much do I have for travel, you know, rather than just blindly putting things on your credit card. And like you said, coming back in January and saying, oh, that was expensive. So being able to, to look at what you have coming in versus what you have going out and prioritizing where your money needs to go. I think that's a very important one. So um, you're looking at maybe how could you embrace free or how could you embrace a low cost activity? You know, I like to think of, sometimes I like to think of spending as a game, as in how can I spend the least amount of money possible? So what can I do that's free or low cost? You know, so this time of year is really about being with your family, which doesn't mean you have to spend a ton on on activities. You know, what if you guys all your family gets together and you have a game night? You know, pull out some some board games and start a few different games in different rooms. Maybe you have a movie night. You know, pop some popcorn, pick a movie, watch that. You know, if you're more outdoorsy or you have somewhere, go on a hike. You know, even if it's cold, bundle up, go on a hike, and then you can make some hot chocolate once you get home to warm up afterwards. All of those shouldn't cost you a lot of money. You know, even if you don't have games, check out your local library a lot. My library has games just like you can check out a book. You can check out a game or a puzzle too. So you don't even necessarily need to go purchase your own game. You can even find games at thrift stores sometimes. Oh my gosh, I love good thrift stores. You just may not necessarily have all the pieces, but hey, that can make it more of a fun game. Right. Um, one of my new found favorite things I've known about for about a year now is something called Buy Nothing Groups. So they they have a an actual website, but a lot of them are Facebook groups where the idea is you buy nothing. So if I have an old game that my kids don't play with anymore, I can say, here, I'm offering this game of Candyland to somebody who wants it. And Becca, you could be like, oh, my kids would love that. I would. I want it. And I give you that game for free. There's just zero expectation of spending money. It's just all about sharing resources and not having things end up in a landfill too. That's a cool, that's cool. Not really heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. I I love those groups. I'm on those all the time. It definitely helps to have a way of repurposing things. Helps clean up the clutter in your house. And let somebody else get what it's creating clutter for you. Right. That whole somebody else's trash is somebody else's treasure. Like, you know, there's somebody, there's been many times where I'm like, well, I don't want this anymore. I don't, I'm never going to use this, but somebody else might. And sure enough, people want, can use the most random things that you don't necessarily need anymore. So really in your holiday travels for this, it's, when you're getting together with friends and family and in groups, what are ways you can't spend money and finding some of that? So you also are talking a little bit about or holidays. Well, that's when a lot of travel happens. So how can people save some money if they're having to fly to their destination and not necessarily drive? Right. So if you can be flexible around your travel schedules, you might be able to find more affordable options. You know, you think about it, everybody wants to be at their destination on Christmas morning. But a lot of the times, if you decide to fly on Christmas morning, then you might get better deals. You know, same thing with New Year's Day. 
what if you fly on the holiday or, or on Christmas Eve? So things like that, you can a lot of times find better deals if you have the flexibility in your schedule to be able to do so. Which in some families you do. I know I've got one of my close friends, her family does most of their big holiday stuff a day or two before the holiday because she's one of 10 kids. And so it's easier for them to all get together if they do it on an off day rather than the huge day. Right. Especially when you, you know, like us, start to get married and have those bigger families, you have to split your time between different sides of the family. So Mm-hmm. it's not just about that one day it's the whole season very true another way that you can really prepare for your holiday travel is having it might not be this year that you can really do it but having that line item and starting to put money away for your travel throughout the year that way it's a hundred or two hundred dollars a month rather than oh i need a thousand dollars right now exactly yep that's, you know, same thing with even Christmas gifts. If you, again, maybe not for this year, but if you start in January and start putting away money in January of 2023, you could have $1,200 by the end of the year next year. My family laughs because I don't necessarily put the money away for gifts, but I buy Christmas gifts all year long. Oh, same. <laughs> so my sister and brother about this time will tell me what they want next Christmas. <laughs> I haven't done as good at it this year, but usually I've already got what their Christmas present is. And so they are like, you're not even going to bother buying it right now. So the next holiday you have, so you can do it either way. And I feel like it makes it so much less overwhelming by doing it throughout the year. Right. I've actually done really well this year and just told my husband a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I actually need to go through and take an inventory of everything I've already bought because I know we've put away several things earlier this months ago into the, you know, just stashed it in the closet. And I was shopping a couple weekends ago and it's like, oh, I actually should maybe hold off on buying anything else until I figure out and remember all of what I've actually bought so far. So that's on my to-do list soon. Yeah, I've always found that it helps in giving gifts because it allows me but you also have to be able to hold on to something that you're excited to give somebody because it allows me to give a gift that I actually think is really important to that person instead of standing in the store going, well, I have to be there in an hour. What looks good? Right. Buying something for the sake of buying something versus finding that perfect thing in the middle of August and be like, they're going to love this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you talk about gift giving and you plan your gifts, how do you plan your budget? Do you spend the same amount on every person or do you plan a budget per person? I think it's an individual choice. I would probably say it's, it depends per person. You know, most people are going to say, okay, well, you know, I'm probably going to spend more on my kids than I am on my nieces and nephews, right? They're my, my kids. Maybe I'll spend a little bit more on my parents versus a family friend or whatever, you know? It also, you know, I have a a great, you know, we talked about spreadsheets before. I have a spreadsheet that I use for my gift planning and go through and write down everybody that you want to give a gift to. And you don't have to give a gift to everybody or you don't have to spend money to give a gift to every person, you know, but again, proactively taking that time to sit down and think about it beforehand and say, okay, who 
do I want to get gifts for this year? And again, looking at your numbers and saying, okay, how much am I comfortable spending? Because if you have 20 people and you're spending $50 on each, that's going to add up really fast. So pairing your numbers down might be necessary. And then brainstorming can help of looking at brainstorms. What kind of gifts? So do you think that everybody needs a physical material gift or can you do gifts that are other ex- other things like an experience? Oh, I love experiences. You know, most of us have too much stuff. We just talked about getting rid of things in our buy nothing groups, right? So think about it. Does the person need or want another thing or would it be more meaningful, more memorable to have some sort of experience? Give an experience like this past year, my brother and sister-in-law gifted my in-laws a trip to the beach this year. So they were like, hey, we'll pay to go to the beach for you to go to the beach. And, you know, we can all spend time together and be there with their their granddaughter. Yeah. We're going to remember that because we were also there and it rained the whole time. But, you know, not the best beach trip. But we're going to remember that versus, oh, they bought us a thing years ago. Right. Yeah. So. We took our, which we were a little bit late in taking her. We just took her this past weekend or a couple weekends ago. We took my niece to the aquarium for her Christmas present. So we're only, you know, nine months behind Christmas, right? <laughs> but it was, take, that was her Christmas present. And we decided that we're just going to take her to the aquarium every year, but do like the different behind the scenes things. Oh, that's a fun idea. So it's like, it makes it exciting to look forward to. She eventually will understand that that's what she's getting every year, but it'll be a little bit different of something fun. So I definitely think experiences or like for grandkids that just people might have memberships to things, giving their parents the membership to the zoo or the membership to the aquarium or a science center or kids museum, because then that takes that expense off of the parents And then it's a really good gift that you can give. I worked with somebody that annually that's, they gave a specific tickets for every year to their kids, but that was their gift to them. And so they had this experience the kids got to go do. Right. And again, you're going to remember that your niece is going to remember her. My aunt and uncle took me to the aquarium every year. Like that is awesome. So what are some other things that might not necessarily take lots of money, but that can be meaningful gifts that people can think about? I like to think about what what is something you really like to do or are passionate about or something that's really easy for you. So, you know, I love to bake. So could you bake a batch of your famous cookies and give those? I mean, who doesn't want cookies? I found a fudge recipe a few years ago that is super simple. And, you know, maybe I can make that batch of fudge and include the recipe, include the recipe on a nice card so that they could have it to make for them as well. Maybe you love knitting and that's super easy for you. And you can knit, you can whip out a hat in an hour. I know I can't, but maybe you can. Maybe that's your talent. You know, maybe you love to paint. My dad is a woodworker. So everything he makes for my art 
his grandkids, my nephews, gorgeous wood toys. And he loves it. But it's easy for him. And, you know, it's not a, it's not a chore. Just so think about what, what do you enjoy doing that you could share with others? That's a very good one. I think you have to enjoy it so you don't make it a chore. Exactly. That's very, one thing that my mom has done for things like wedding gifts, she talked about you making fudge and giving them the fudge recipe. She's taken her, not necessarily made it, sometimes she does, but for wedding gifts, she's taken, she buys the pan that she puts her cinnamon rolls in and then puts the recipe with it. So wedding gifts, here's what I bake it in and here's the recipe. Right. Yeah. My, my aunt did something similar for my bridal shower, put together this whole big binder of recipes, just like, here's all these recipes. And so to me, that's somewhat kind, some ways as cool as an experience, because then you might have it handwritten or however they did it for you. And so then you have this memory of how they gave the gift. I love a handwritten recipe from my grandmother on a card that's, you know, all splattered with oils and things. Those are the best. My grandmother did it. Oh, it's been a couple of years. It's probably been more than 10 years, but she found different recipes that either some of my aunts made or that were her recipes. And then she put them in the book and then wrote a note in it. And so, and I have that because my grandmother passed away last year. Mm -hmm. So you now have those handwritten in their writing recipes. And that's cool to have. Right. So those are some practical ways of giving gifts. What about, you're talking about, we're talking about gifts and giving gifts. Can people re-give gifts if they have an older child to a younger child? I think re-gifting is an absolute Yes, totally okay in my book. Like we talked about buying things at thrift stores. If there are so many things you can find in good, like new condition that might even be better quality than something you might buy brand new. So again, if you have a brand new candle that somebody gifted you and you just are not a fan of the floral scent, maybe your aunt would love that. She loves the florals. I am all about regifting because again, it's not just about saving the money but it's also again just thinking about the environment and the consumerism and everything it's just keeping things out of landfills and places that they don't need to be so well and even sometimes when you re-gift you're re-gifting because you really thought that person could use it the only thing about re-gifting just remember and make sure you don't give that gift back to them because then you can <laughs> so gifts are important in our holidays so is travel what about meals? How do we look and save money around meals? Because we live in a society that meals and food are important. So how do we save money around meals? I mean, I love food, so I'm all about meals too. But, you know, yeah, I have a couple tips. You know, the first one is host a potluck meal. Ask everybody to bring a, a dish so that no one has to shoulder the burden of the entire meal. That's what we do for my husband's family. My sister-in-law usually makes the main dish and then asks everybody to bring a side, a dessert, something like that. So we're all contributing and only have to spend a little bit of money. 
but we all end up with a giant meal with no shortage of food. Mm -hmm. How do y'all decide who's bringing sides? So if your sister-in-law makes the main dish, how do you make sure that you don't end up with three of the same side? You can either, you can do it one of two ways. You know, usually I ask her, what would you like me to bring? And she says, bring a vegetable of some sort or bring the green bean casserole or bring a dessert. Or, you know, if you're adventurous and you don't care if you have three pans of green bean casserole because it's delicious, then just ask people to bring whatever they want. You know, you could use a a shared Google Doc or something if you want to get fancy and say, sign up for something here. But it doesn't have to be complicated. Don't overthink it. Make it easy for you and your guests. Yeah. So it could be as simple or as complex as you kind of make it. Right. Okay. And then you've got a second tip on earning points for a free turkey. How's that one happen? So most grocery stores have some sort of point system where the month leading up to the holidays, you can, if you spend a certain amount of money, you get points and then you can redeem that for a free turkey. Uh, One of my local grocery stores, you have the choice of a turkey, a ham, um, in the hol- during the holidays, they also do a, las- a frozen lasagna or even like a tofurkey. So if you're not a meat eater or something like that, um, you can, for things that you're already spending, you know, you, you're buying groceries anyway, maybe you're buying a little extra for your holiday meals. So being loyal to that one grocery store, earning those points and getting a free turkey. The caveat to that is just making sure that you're not buying items that you don't actually need or want just so that you earn the points. You know, if you have to spend $800 to buy, to get enough points to earn a free turkey, maybe you could have just bought the $20 turkey in the first place. So there yeah, are, it's very there much a caveat on coupons and store savings of if you're not going to use it or don't need it or want it, then you're really wasting your money. Exactly. If you buy in bulk and but aren't going to finish 40 pounds of whatever by the time it goes bad, it's not a good use of money. So always just make sure you're going to use, you know, you can always buy non-perishables or toiletries. Toilet paper never goes bad, right? We always can stock up on that. But. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and even if, if you're buying things, you may be able to freeze it, freeze part of it to kind of help. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's why I, with my points the last several years, I've gotten that frozen lasagna with our points because for me and my husband, it's easier to have a frozen lasagna because we usually go somewhere else to somebody else's house for the turkey or the ham. So for us to have a turkey or ham in the freezer, it's just a little too much, but be able to make a frozen lasagna come no February, that's perfect for us. So see what other options your grocery store has. That meal that you just don't have to think about that you've already got. Yep. I love a good freezer meal that's ready to go when you don't want to think about it. Definitely. Okay. So what about the, what's your third point here on meals? So another one would be, you know, gather with friends or families at off meal hours. You know, do you have to gather for dinner? or a full lunch, maybe you just get together in the afternoon and share some cookies and hot chocolate after your free afternoon hike, you know, or maybe you just gather in the morning for coffee and have some croissants or cinnamon rolls is my family tradition. So 
instead of having to do a full meal for 20 people, maybe you have cookies or cinnamons and coffee, things like that. So def- there's definitely a way you can. So potlucks, they're a great way uh, for meals to happen for sure. And then going to a, your grocery store and really being conscious of how you're buying your groceries as the holidays come in. And then if you don't have to necessarily gather for a meal, you definitely could do it at a off, or you could do it as a, a picnic. Let's all go for a hike and everybody bring a picnic lunch. Right. That would be perfect. So those definitely help. So recapping what we kind of talked about as you're getting ready for your holiday of have a holiday that's friendly to your spending. You really don't want to open your bank statement in January and regret everything you've done. You want to really be able to enjoy it. So it's looking at making your holiday budget friendly, how you can be comfortable with your spending, really looking at your travel plans. Um, those practical tips of your gift giving is an experience better than material. And then maybe encouraging some ways of making your meals a little simpler or making sure everybody contributes in a way. If they don't contribute by bringing sides, maybe they can contribute by throwing in $20 each because even that can help um, when somebody's doing it. So our challenge and call to action, I would definitely challenge you to think about how you're spending your money this holiday. So what would that call to action be, Lindsay? Well, so I have a full guide that I would like to give away to your listeners for free. It's called Thrifty and Merry, a guide to celebrating the holidays on a budget. And it goes into more details on a lot of the things we talked about today. Plus, it includes a fillable budget and spending worksheets. It has a gift planning worksheet and a holiday timeline checklist. So you can start thinking about what do I need to be doing in November, December as the, the week's going. So grab the link in the bio in the show notes to get that free guide and access today. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us to talk about some holiday money sparks this holiday season and we look forward to our next talk thank you so much that brings us to the end of this episode of stacked intent if you love this episode as much as i did head on over and rate and subscribe so you will never miss an episode new episodes are going to be dropped on thursdays until then this is becca and don't forget enrich your life by being intentional This podcast was created, produced, and recorded and edited by Stacked Intent.